Welcome to the Midweek Booster of Taking With You for July 8th, 2009. We're going to start today in the book of Philippians, and we'll be reading a chapter each week for the next few weeks. This is Philippians chapter 1 from the Message Bible. Paul and Timothy, both of us committed servants of Christ Jesus, write this letter to all the followers of Jesus in Philippi, pastors and ministers included. We greet you with the grace and peace that comes from God our Father and our Master Jesus Christ. Every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I'm so pleased that you have continued on in this with us, believing and proclaiming God's message from the day you heard it right up to the present. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God, who started this great work in you, would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. It's not at all fanciful for me to think this way about you. My prayers and hopes have been deep roots in reality. You have, after all, stuck with me all the way from the time I was thrown in jail, put on trial, and came out in one piece. All along, you've experienced with me the most generous help from God. He knows how much I love and miss you these days. Sometimes I think I feel as strongly about you as Christ does. So this is my prayer, that, you lo- that your love will flourish and you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus would be proud of, bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. I want to report to you, friends, that my imprisonment here has had the opposite of his intended effect. Instead of being squelched, the message has actually prospered. All the soldiers here, and everyone else too, found out that I'm in jail because of this Messiah. That piqued their curiosity, and now they've learned all about him. Not only that, but most of the followers of Jesus here have become far more sure of themselves in faith than ever, speaking out fearlessly about God, about the Messiah. It's true that some here preach Christ because with me out of the way, they think they'll step right into the spotlight. But the others do it with the best heart in the world. One group is motivated by pure love, knowing that I am here defending the message wanting to help. The others, now that I am out of the picture, are merely greedy, hoping to get something out of it for themselves. Their motives are bad. They see me as their competition, and so the worse it goes for me, the better they think for them. So how am I to respond? I've decided that I really don't care about their motives, whether mixed, bad, or indifferent. Every time one of them opens his mouth, Christ is proclaimed, So I just cheer them on. And I'm going to keep that celebration going because I know it's going, I know how it's going to turn out. Through your faithful prayers and the generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, everything He wants to do in me and through me will be done. I can hardly wait to continue my course. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known regardless of whether I live or die. They didn't shut me up. 
They gave me a pulpit. Alive, I'm Christ's messenger. Dead, I'm his bounty. Life versus even more life. I can't lose. As long as I'm alive in this body, there is a good work for me to do. If I had to choose right now, I hardly know which I'd choose. Hard choice. The desire to break camp here and be with Christ is powerful. Some days I can think of nothing better. But most days, because of what you are going through, I'm sure that it's better for me to stick it out here. So I plan on being around a while, companion to you as your growth and joy in this life of trusting God continues. You can start looking forward to a great reunion when I come to visit you again. We'll be praising Christ, enjoying each other. Meanwhile, live in such a way that you're a credit to the message of Christ. Let nothing in your conduct hang on whether I come or not. Your conduct must be the same whether I show up to see these things myself or hear of it from a distance. Stand united, singular in vision, contending for people's trust in the message, the good news, not flinching or dodging in the slightest before the opposition. Your courage and unity will show them what they're up against. Defeat for them, victory for you, and both because of God. There's far more to this life than trusting in Christ. There's also suffering for him, and the suffering is as much a gift as the trusting. You're involved in the same kind of struggle you saw me go through, on which you are now getting an updated report in this letter. There you go. That's chapter one of Philippians. We'll be in chapter two next week. If you get a chance, give us some feedback. Email me at rick at takehimwithyou.com. Love to hear your comments, suggestions, ideas, how you're liking the show. And of course, uh, Amy and I could always use your support, both in prayer and financially. Just write to us at rick at takehimwithyou.com. This week on Take Him With You. Blowing up a watermelon. My new magic jack. My son's new job, the next Food Network star. A brand new website, moremultimedia.com. And how to deal with grief and loss and come out a winner. This should be good. Tune on in, download the program, and take a listen to the next Take Him With You. It's called Good Grief. And never forget to take him with you. I'm Rick Moyer. Join me, won't you? Good grief.